friends, it's time to drop the needle on another episode of Super Sonic Chat. This is the music podcast full of debate, jousts, thought experiments, all done in the name of entertainment. My name is Adrian Warhope. And I'm Leon Leroux. Adrian, as the keeper of the questions and the crafter of the conundrums in this, our super and sonically minded chat, what provocative treats have you planned for us today, my good sir? Leon, I want to bottle up into concentrated form that wonderful feeling that you get when someone asks or inquires of you about a band of which you are a very big fan. So mm. you're in a social situation, you're at a party, you're in a car, you're with people, and someone says, oh, that band, well, they're pretty good. What? And then you just go, the door is open. I want to tell them everything. <laughs> yeah. They, but, they, they, that band's pretty good. I, I need to know a little more though. I'm not really. Yeah, yeah. I get you. And, a continuation and, of the thing last, last episode. You got it. Ah, the, gotcha, gotcha. The joy is, the difficult thing is, how do you give them enough without mm. overwhelming someone? So like last week, we had the Primus Primer, Primus in five songs. Yep. This is going to be. Another band of which I'll tell you in a second. Ooh. Just a band. To how do you enter in? How do you find out? How do you get a tasting plate and a sense of a great band in five songs? That's what we're going to go for. Particularly as somebody who's who's gone. Oh yeah, I'm interested. And you're like, oh yeah, baby, you're interested. Well, yeah. let me tell you. Yep, and you've got to just pull back because you don't want to yeah. just go dive into the deep nitty-gritty of a band, the back catalogue, the B-sides, the live tracks, the obscure stuff. you just got to go, yet, well, here you go. And you don't want to say, all right, look, you just got to listen to these seven albums. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, take us into these seven albums, two EPs, one live album, and this side project. Come and, back to me, then we'll talk. And then you got a bit of an idea about what they're all on about. Yeah, no, you don't so, want to do that. <laughs> here we go. Today, we are going to present, debate, analyse and define Queens of the Stone Age in five songs. Yes, yes, Come yes. On. And hey, Come hey, on. last week it was P... This week it's Q, so let's mind our P's and Q's. Primus oh. and Queens of the Stone Age. I feel, a, I feel a little series coming on. This is fun. Primus oh. was fun. That was oh, a yeah. really hey, fun episode. Oh, yeah, and the alphabetical. So, yeah, P, Q, R is next. All right. Oof. I've got ideas already. Let's park that. But first, like let me just it. set up, let's like set up Queens of the Stone Age because Queens of the Stone Age are a Grammy-nominated hard rock band. Yeah. They are purveyors of some of the most interesting and most rewarding hard rock of the last two and a half decades. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, did you know that they played once a big concert, a special concert at Museum of Old and New Art, Mona in Tasmania? This week I watched that on YouTube as a did little you? bit of prep and your mate oh. and my mate CW Stone King makes a little cameo at the end. I know. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Really good. But Queens of the Stone Age in particular, we're talking seven studio albums spanning from the late 90s to the yep. last album in 2017. And to become acquainted with Queens of the Stone Age, you've got to understand two things. The first is Caius, the yes. desert rock, the stoner rock band of choice, the rock band loved by rock bands in the late 80s and 90s, never quite mm -hmm. cut over into the mainstream. But its members included one Joshua Homme, and yep. one Nick Oliveri and some others. Yep. Um, and from its ashes, Queens of the Stone Age was born. The Phoenix. The Phoenix riot rose. In its demise, Joshua Homme creates Queens of the Stone Age. And the second thing you've got to understand is the desert. In particular, the mm -hmm. Eastern Californian desert. We're talking Palm Springs. We're talking Joshua Tree National Park. There's a whole scene out there of stoner rock, hard rock, desert rock, um, of which Queens of the Stone Age, Caius are central. Eagles of Death Metal, uh, Fu yep. Manchu, just, just some great bands. Heaps of crossover members from those bands too. A real incestuous cross-pollinating scene. But yep. also the the feel of the desert, the themes yeah. of the desert. Yeah. Um, all of that kind of stuff, the psychedelic escape to Joshua Tree nature of the desert is yeah. key to understanding Queens of the Stone Age. 
Absolutely, yes. Man, you're so good at that. Well, and I, and I guess the, la- the last thing I wanted to say was just like in setting this up is like kind of like Dave Grohl post-Nirvana mm. who then makes an album on, on his own, playing most of the instruments on his own, mm-hmm. um, and that juggernaut became Foo Fighters. Yeah. Joshua Homme leaves Caius. He's a guitar player, not a singer. He's the guitar player yes. in, in, in um, Caius. And, and as it breaks up, he makes music and he plays most of the instruments, instruments himself, singing, guitar, drums, yep. and he calls yep. in some friends. And originally it was called Gamma Ray. Um, I but, did not know that. Yeah, originally Gamma Ray, uh, but it became Queens of the Stone Age after a German power metal band threatens legal action. We're Gamma Ray. Oh. You are not Gamma Ray. Gotcha. Yeah. I did um, not. Man, that is that is that. Was, you should have saved that guy for fact of the week. I didn't. Oh, know I got that. some other fact of the week this week. Do but I guess, you? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> of the name, Josh Homme said, "Kings of the Stone Age would be too macho." He I says, agree. "Rock should be heavy enough for the boys and sweet enough for the girls. That way, everyone's happy and it's more of a party." Kings oh of the Stone God, Age is too is, lopsided. That dude has. You know what? The more you dive, the that guy has. So many good quotes. That guy says heaps of things that you just go, holy moly, yes. Dude, you summed that up. Yeah. He's a really interesting character. He's a flawed character, I find. Um, And a lot of the songs revolve around drug use, drug paraphernalia, drug sort of references, party references. But I'll refer to this in one of the songs I pick because he had a bit of a life-threatening, life-changing moment a few years ago and it impacted and and I want to talk about the change that happened in some of these songs, which is really interesting. Um, But he's so prolific. So prolific. Completely. Yeah. Like Queens of the Stone Age. I really like how um, it's not always just one singer. He's not always the dude who's standing on the front. Like they've got Mark Lanigan in there. They've got Nick Oliveri singing as well. And there's a bunch of different people who take who can take center stage and control. I guess that's sort of like the the one of the things that we like about King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard is because it's like there's a bit of a shared kind of a, a a voice and a shared kind of a sound that it makes it feel like one unit. Yeah, it's it adds layer and dimension. Um, mm-hmm. I guess Josh Homme's the one central constant in Queens of the Stone Age, and people yeah. come and go. You know, like you said, Mark Lanigan streaming trees, Dave Grohl features at some yes. point, um, Nick Oliveri comes and goes, and there's a whole swathe of players uh, who have played with like a perfect circle and Marilyn Manson. Yes, and yes, true. All kinds yeah. of stuff sort of come and go from different projects, but Josh Homme is yeah. the central the guy. The through line. The through line. Good throwback. Yeah. So <laughs> without further ado, I mean, Look, some of the projects that Josh Homme has been involved with outside of Queens of the Stone Age include his Desert Sessions. He's had 12 volumes yeah. of experimental jams at his studio in the desert, Palm Springs. Yep. One of which, the last one, included Les Claypool, throwback to last week. He plays oh, bass on a couple of tracks. Does Very he? interesting. I, yep. And get this, Matt Berry from Mighty Bush, the actor, oh, and... Yeah. And what we do in the shadows, man, I love that guy. English actor, English comedic actor. I love he it. features on some desert session stuff. No do you know way. he's a musician? We got to yeah, investigate I did, this. Actually. I, I did. was not aware. He's, he's got, got like five studio albums or something. He's got this hilarious thing. Check it out on YouTube. It's called ADBC, and it's like a Jesus Christ superstar esque kind of musical thing where he plays the main character and plays a bunch of other characters. It is genius, and yeah, he I sings a bunch of stuff on that. See how prolific Josh Homme is. We're, we've just we're talking about stoner rock, hard rock, and now we're talking about English comedic. Like he is multi. He's got tentacles across the zeitgeist. You know, and Eagles of Death Matt, Metal. To do a Matt Berry impression, he's got tentacles across the zeitgeist. <laughs> that was IT crowd, Matt Berry. Yeah, yes. that was good. Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah. man. Um, Josh Homme. Plays in Eagles of Death Metal. Josh Homme forms supergroup with Dave Grohl and John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin called Them Crooked Vultures. Josh Homme makes a brilliant album with Iggy Pop called Post Pop Depression. And oh, there's more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. Should we dive in, man? Should we just get straight into which Oh, song my goodness. That you I think enjoy- you come would on. First, introduce somebody to if they were like, oh, I'm interested. If you wanted to introduce someone to Queens of the Stone Age, What's the first song? You tell me. I would I would go with No One Knows. Yeah. 
Bingo. Me too. Yes. Yes. What Why? is it you love? Oh, well, okay. Here's my criteria. I've got a criteria again. I thought, okay, if I'm going to sum up for somebody, you got to have a song which is a bit of a bop, right? A song yeah. which you can groove along to. And that is the bop. I'll tell you some of my other criteria before we get too too much into it. Is it, uh, you got to have a bit one with a bit of a slower groove as well. You got to have one with Mark Lanigan singing because bloody hell, I love that guy's oh, voice. All right, yep. Yeah, um, yeah. His voice is insane. Yeah. Oh, and um, and then one that reminds us that hang on, that's right. We're listening to stoner rock here, yeah. psychedelic rock, whatever. Um, and then one that's got that's got really tight and tricky timing in it. Those are my five oh. things that I think you've got to include in a five, top five Queens of Stone yeah. Age to introduce somebody to the full gamut of what they do. And how does No One Knows from Songs for the Deaf 2002 fit into it, that? It is the bop. That's the bop, right? I reckon it's like an instant crowd pleaser. Yeah. There's like uh, what I really love as well, have a good listen to it if you don't or haven't already, where there's this beautiful symmetry to it. It starts with the exact same riff that it ends with. The four bump, sharp bursts. Bump, 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 and it finishes exactly the same way. Yep. Oof, that is so good. And then those guitars, they're so tight, they're so punchy. And then like as the as that main riff gets going, those wonderful little neck slides. Yeah, it's a jaunt. Yeah, and then there's like it's like for a rock song, it's really danceable. It is. It is. It's a. It's. It is like a a, a staggering, swaggering jaunt. And it always Absolutely. feels like you're the it's like a swing beat that you feel like you're stumbling forward, like it keeps yeah. you moving forward. Yeah, it's got yeah, this yeah. momentum that keeps sort of stumbling, staggering forward. It's a jaunt. Yeah. It's and, and it's also there's like those little those little bits and fills and stuff in between that little tight stuff that makes the that keeps the thing interesting the whole time. Yeah. Two things um, that stand out for me. One, this is a prime example of the restrained power yes. that Josh Homme sings with. It's yes. a croon. It's a restrained howl. It's got power, but it's effortless and it's yeah. so great. And I love it when he when he he's just got a wonderful tone in his in his voice. And there's one song that I'm gonna mention later that in particular, there's the something about the sound of his voice that just made me go, oh man, this it's so good. But it's like like you said, it's like effortless. It's like his voice is just coming out. It's not like he's pushing it out. No. He's not blasting you. And no. like then they, he goes into that beautiful little falsetto in the chorus. And I realize, you know, it's yeah. Oh, yeah, and he it's just great. pulls it back even further. It's incredible. And in that chorus, he just is restrained, but he lets Dave Grohl, who plays drums on this track, just almost solo in between each line. Yeah, There's four yeah. different parts where he plays four different sort of short solos yes. that just stand out. They are just um, full of staccato attack and they're brilliant. And if you have a listen to them, it's not like he's just doing random fills. They're no. the same each chorus they're the yep. same it's not like he's just he's planned it he's written it down and yep. and it's proper songwriting not just yep. going mad on the drums no he's calculated how that drum is going to make you feel and he brings it up and brings it up and then pulls it back on that last one too just yep. to get you straight back into that groove yeah so sensitive Shows the genius of Dave Grohl. And when I first yes. heard that song, those drum feels are what made me stand up and take notice. I went, 
that 100%. grabbed my ear and I went, that is interesting. Yeah. The backing vocals have these angelic two-part harmonies, but but also there's these whispered sinister backing vocals yeah, that, yeah, we, yeah. that are yeah. weird. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And oh. throughout the verse, he's got these these whispering things in the background. But there's a few songs like that where there's whispered yep. uh, secret kind of sounds that come through at you if you really listen. It's great. Yep. It's good. And the, the, the other thing with this song is, again, shows the side of this band. This is what they do so well where they build up and then explode like a like a supernova you know it's almost yeah. like they're not they're not strings but there's something like you know shrill building into this outro of the middle eight or whatever it is yeah. and then it then it all sucks back in on itself like a black uh, hole yeah and and how great and it's exactly that same thing where um it's got that little bass that leads to the outro part of it yeah bum 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 and that's all that's going. Boom, yeah. And you're going, oh, oh, something's coming. And then yep. it's just, and then it's just Josh's voice. And then kablammo, back again. Back in. Juggernaut and then to finished. the outro. Yep. Done. Oh. Done. <laughs> Done what we came to do. You don't get another chorus. Sorry. No, you don't get one. No. Uh, we're going to leave you hanging. And it, and it's it's so accessible for the newcomer, which is why I would pick it as the very first song that they should listen to. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's fun, but it's not pop. It's, you know, it's just great. Yep. A beautiful co- composition all together. And we talked about this on our concepts album and you quite rightly introduced this to me as a concept album because mm, yeah. it's from Songs for the Deaf where they're travelling through the, the desert and there's radio parts in between. And... It's uh, very interesting. A little aside, yeah, and and I'm I'm not sure if it's um, geographically correct or not because my my American geography is terrible, but it de- I definitely get the impression that what's happening and probably if if some um, hyper nerd out there checks, probably somebody's already done it. I could probably research it if I just spent thirty seconds doing eh. it. But you know, uh, I yeah. just like to listen. Sure. So. <laughs> I mean, you're the research guy. I'm the, I'm, I'm the think about it for a long time and never bother to research guy. Yeah, love it. That's why it works so well. Yeah, I think so. But um, so it's uh, yeah. So I think that I get the impression that if you checked out the geography of of all those places that are mentioned on the radio, it would probably trek you across America. Buenas tardes, señoras y señoritas. Aquí está el DJ Héctor Bonifacio Echeverría Cervantes de la Cruz Arroyo Rojas. Esta es la radio que sacó a toda la estación donde el rock vive y no muere. Vamos a escuchar un par de temas de Queens of the Stone Age. Primero vamos a escuchar First and Give It. Qué música impresionante, temible y verdaderamente ahora. Van a ver, a ver, a ver, aquí va, aquí va, aquí va, aquí va. Yeah. And that was their third album um, and yeah. their big kind of breakthrough. 100%. And the second song that I would throw to and introduce someone Ooh, here to we go. was the first one, the first song that I heard from oh, Queens of the yeah, Stone Age that yeah. grabbed me, yeah. that slapped me around the head and yeah. made me say, what the hell? And it's from yeah. their second album called Rated R from 2000 called Feel Good Hit of the Summer. Well, 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 I nearly included that. And... I think the thing that I've included next is probably for similar reasons and is also from that same album. Is it Monsters in the Parasol? Yes, it is. Because that is a song that I, I've i got four solid and then I did not know whether to put this one. It is a fantastic song. It sure um, is. Both those songs are interesting. They're both super drug reference songs. So yes. Feel Good Hit from the, of the Summer is just hard rock and it is really just like a Las Vegas bachelor party shopping list of lyrics 
<laughs> over and over. So there are six drugs that yep. they rep- reference in repetition. And I did not know what Vicodin was until I heard uh, yeah. this song. No, I did. I'm not I a drug-using guy. And no, then the, the, the I chorus... I from medical shows. Okay. <laughs> it's a pain-killing the cor- drug. Th- th- there you go. The chorus, cocaine. That's it. <laughs> but what I well, loved so about much. Feel Good Hit of the Summer was it says so much, even if it just does repeat that list of drugs over and over. It says so much in its delivery, in yeah. its subject matter, in its tone, in its variation. And it's quite shocking. It's quite yeah. shocking. Oh, sure. But I don't think it's meant to be like, hey, we're so cool because we take drugs, dude. I think no. it's funny. It's meant to be like, hey, Instead of writing lyrics to a song, let's just list a bunch of recreational drugs. And it's, I think it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. The, the tip of the hat is in the title, the song title, right? Feel Good Hit of the exactly. Summer. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And, then, and then again, they use these female backing vocals that, that are whispered. So if you listen to it in yeah. your earphones, it sounds like the devil sitting on your left ear just whispering these drugs into your ear. <laughs> it's, it's really, really cool. <laughs> But the cool. same thing happens in Monsters in the Parasol as well. Yep. Well, let's There's talk about that. Whispered. Yeah. Well, the reason I put it in there is because it's firmly in that stoner rock. Yeah. You know? And that's also why I thought about putting Feel Good Hit of the Summer in and it may, and that's why it mentioned made it into my honourable mentions there. Yep. But the lyrics are hilarious and they're just this one tr- crazy trip. Like poor old Paul... His yeah. dad is his dad is warped and bubbling, and his sister's yeah. an alien. Yes. There's this, there's this note that I really love in that chorus. You've got a monster in your parasol. really weird flat there it's it's sort of (laughs) it's it's sort of mucking it mucked around with my ear and because you expect it to go just that half a tone higher to like kind of make it feel like a complete kind of a sound but then it just goes flat a little bit and you go whoa what's going on with that yes it, it is a great song. It is like a drug acid trip lyrics, you know, bubbling, yeah. warping people, and the walls are closing in. Yes. And I saw something that I've never seen before made of hair. Like, yeah. it's, it's weird. It's cool. It's yeah, weird. Sure I love it. But then it's got a big chorus that you can just yeah. latch onto. Uh, it's, yeah. it's great. But, but it's, and again, it's a chorus that puts you off kilter instead of monsters yep. in your parasol. It's yep. parasol. And you're like, whoa. Yeah, you know, and but it's it works. It works so well, and it just sounds so good. I remember my daughter when she was about three was like, "Whoa, I love this song." <laughs> it's a it is a better song than Feel Good Hit of the Summer. Feel Good Hit of the Summer does have that bit of novelty factor that probably made it cut through. But Monsters in the Parasol, like, what the hell is Monsters in the Parasol? Yeah, I it, guess you're just on LSD, staring at a at an umbrella and going, "Whoa, yeah." Careful, Don't man. open You've a got man. monsters in your parasol there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it's great. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a great riff, and then it has these frantic, jagged bursts before that big, catchy yeah. chorus. Yeah, 
It's so cool. It's a cracking song, and people would. It could sum up Queens of the Stone Age in stoner rock that is super interesting with its yeah. jagged variations and the lyrical delivery with Josh Homme in particular, yeah, front and center. With that. Just sometimes takes the, the stranger choice in his melodies. They're really yeah, cool. Yeah, totally. And that's one of the things that I love about that band so much is there's, there's many times where that melody decision deliberately has a lot of contrast and for the next three songs I had to stop myself from just saying that over and over again because (laughs) because contrast is the thing that one of the things that makes that band so interesting is they'll put two completely different things together and you go whoa hang on what did they just do there but it works so easily like effortless yeah, uh, look, I'm more than happy to go. We've obviously said um, No One Knows and then Monsters in the Parasol. What's number three for you? Hangin' Tree. Okay, remind me of this song. It doesn't come to mind straight away. Uh, it's a it's a Mark Lanigan song. Uh, it's the one where Mark Lanigan sings. Okay, and Mark Lanigan of The Screaming Trees. Exactly, and Mark Lanigan has his own solo stuff too, which is pretty interesting. Really um, interesting. Yeah, really oh, yeah. interesting. Blues um, Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. But um, this one has a really fast pace. It's like like that. But then Lanigan's like, and he sings really slowly. And you got this contrast between this fast paced song that's really making your foot bop and then Mark Lanigan's singing makes it feel like a slow song, even though your foot's tapping fast. This, I always find myself completely torn and feeling like it's almost two songs that have been smooshed up together and just work so well. And it's just this almost lazy pace of Lanigan and his coarse sounding, coarse sounding voice. Um, but then there's like these like kind of a wailing guitar over the top as well. just so much contrast in that song that just even though it feels opposite it works beautifully together um it's not a would you describe it as a deep a deep album track or is it is it quite accessible do you, would you suggest yeah it's, to a person new to queens of the stone mm, age i guess maybe not maybe yeah you could look i just wanted to really include mark lanningan in there because he's got yeah. lots and lots of stuff in there that's probably my favorite one of here that they are i, I guess it's probably harder but it is fun. It's a fun sounding song. There's a yeah. lot of there's a cool guitar solo at the end, uh, which is just kind of like a fun kind of meow, meow, guitar solo. It's cool, you know. Often and, their guitar solos aren't like full on, you know, hip thrusting, no. ballsy guitar solos in the truest sense of rock. Yeah, that's a really good point. But um, you know, the, and the the chorus is kind of catchy. Round the hanging tree, swaying in the breeze. It's pretty good. It's from no one. Uh, it's from songs for the deaf. Yes, and I think Lanigan was a guest. He wasn't actually a part of the band, whereas he was a part of the band for the the Rated R album. Um, then yeah. kind of came and went through other yeah. projects. I mean, he but... he had some like guest parts on other later albums as well. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, well, my what next one. Have? Well, my next one was from the 2007 album Era Vulgaris called "Make It With You." Oh, interesting. This and and the title is "Make It W I T Wit C H U Chew." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Wit With You. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Th- because this is 
the sound of a groin thrusting in tight jeans. Oh, this is the sound yeah. of a comb through Brill Queen's cliff. <laughs> like, this is cool. This is swagger. Yeah, It's yeah. um, super hooky. I think where you said Monsters in the Paris Soul can t- overtake um, Feel Good Hit of the Summer, I think I might acquiesce to to that particular song as well over Hanging Tree. I mean, as much as I love that song, you're absolutely right. It's totally cool and I don't really think I've got uh, a cool slow song like that as much. Yeah. I do have uh, a slower groove but okay. not as much as that. I just think that that this song gets its claws in and this is worthy of singing to your family around the kitchen. This is worthy of a party, everyone getting together and singing and grooving as one. You know, um, the restrained, smooth delivery, it's almost – if you listen to it, when Josh Homme sings, he's almost singing without moving his mouth. That he's just that languid, oh, yeah, lazy delivery. Yeah. It's so cool. It's like liquid. And the backing vocals deliver the hook in the... So the chorus, I want to make it with you, is sung by this kind of falsetto backing vocals that you yeah. can get around. And then Josh Homme in the chorus just kind of vocalizes, crooning and vocalizing in a cool way <laughs> through the chorus. And it's just delightful. It's clean, so good. it's simple, and it's a little step removed. You turn the prism and you shine a little different light for Queens of the Stone Age. People would probably really love this quickly. But yeah. just at the end, I don't know if you remember, but it ends and yeah. then it has this weird booming space outro. Boom, boom, boom <laughs> kind of thing that I think caught a billion radio announcers out when it came out. I've never paid attention to when the tracks switch over, so I wasn't sure whether that was on the next track or Often not. they link through, but, yeah, yeah. have a listen to that. But um, <laughs> it, it is a really cool song and just shines a little different light on of the Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, so. all right. Well, let's see if this one's on your list. All right. Lost, the Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. Oh, it's a cracking track. It's not It's not on my it's list, but it is, list. A, it is a cracking Ooh. track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. I think with, I think maybe one of the reasons why our lists are differing so much is that there is so many different facets of Queens of the Stone Age to oh, Yeah, that is a really good point. That is a really good point. Like that, like I love that that slower crooning a groove thing that they've got. But the ones that really spark my um, attention are those more fast-paced, interesting kind of timing kind of weird contrasting tracks. Yeah. But you're absolutely right with that uh, that last track there. Yeah. But yeah, Lost Art of Keeping a Secret, man. This is my slower track that I th- I thought, yeah, this is slow, but it's it's not as slow as. Um, Make it with you, yeah. You know, it's so it's, and I love that falsetto sound of Josh Homme in that chorus, man. Yeah, he's so he's so good. And this is that one where. Something about the tone of his voice in the verse, I'm just like, oof, it's just effortlessly cutting through 
It's so good. It's like there's this big loud band, but then his voice just comes straight at you and it's it's so it chimes at you. That's a good description. Yeah. It's always effortless. It just feels like it's powerful, but it's effortless. contrast the guitar is just a big fat fuzz yeah in the chorus <laughs> you know the chorus oh. is that, that is that falsetto um voice and then the core the chorus guitar is just fuzzed out distortion yeah and and so that album rated r um, I think it's track two after feel, it opens with feel good hit of the summer, which is that yeah. drug kind of reference one. And then straight into lost art of keeping a secret. Yep. I was about to say the gentle art of making enemies, different band. <laughs> yeah. the lost art of making, of keeping a secret. It's straight, and, and, and on that the gentle art of making a secret. Se- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The, the, the rated R album is no one does fuzzed out, hard rock stoner rock driven by bass riffs than that album yeah, it is it is so true. immaculate it's so energizing i love that record yep yep um, and there's all these little slight little variations to the way that the verses and the chorus are sung and they're put together so that it it's the same thing it's the, the verse is this is still the verse and the chorus is still the chorus but then they just change it up all the yeah. time it's always changed up and manipulated and altered and, um, you know, sung up a, a little bit and sung down a little bit and then they do something different with the guitars and it just keeps it interesting the whole time. Catches you by surprise. And that yeah. for, for a genre of sonar rock, which is normally pretty straight ahead yep. and just thudding away, which I love, the Queens of the Stone Age have that amazing knack to keep you on the toes, keep you interested, yep. keep you engaged, surprise yep. you. And still be so cool in the delivery. Totally. Hey, what did you have as your fourth? So I went to their 2013 album called Like Clockwork. And oh, there's yeah. a song on there called I Sat By The Ocean. But what I wanted to explain on this out al- on this song, it was a single from that. Was, what grabbed you about that one? I'd never well, really... The, the, this song, the lyrics grabbed me. And chased me around the house for weeks and just walked with me down the street. And the difference on this album is that in 2010, Josh Homme, he had complications from this botched knee surgery and he actually died on the operating table. Whoa. And they had to asphyxiate, sorry, from asphyxiation and the the doctors had to use a defibrillator to revive him. And following that, he was bedridden for like four months and he was like pondering giving up his career and he slipped into this deep depression and what followed was this album like clockwork and previously all the albums that the lyrics were quite psychedelic were quite obscure were quite um a little inaccessible they were a riddle in a maze you know one of the first times where he starts to get a bit more serious very serious and very literal almost hard on your sleeve songwriting. Ah. And the lyrics of this shows Homie's ability to play with words and, and to paint yeah. feelings in this direct, like it's really beautiful and really striking, right? The, the song doesn't have big point. hooks, but I became, the, the thing with this song, the opening line I became absolutely enamored with and it bounced around my head. Let me, let me say it to you. Sure. I sat by the ocean. And drank a potion to erase you. Face down in the boulevard, yet I couldn't face you. And I was like, I sat by the ocean and drank a potion to erase you. This is a breakup song. 
Yeah. The potion is 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 liquor, right? Probably, yeah, that, alcohol. And yeah. It, but it took me a while to get to that point. I was like, okay, is he psychedelic? What's you know, what is is this metaphorical? Did he have some kind of magic? Is he talking about no. He's sitting by the ocean, he's drinking to erase pain, he's fa- so drunk and yet he still can't face up to his partner. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And oh God, I just it just sticks with me, right? And then as I dug in, there's this more lyrical gold. He says a couple of things. He says, um, lies are a funny thing, they slip through your fingertips because they never happen to you. And then this line, right? Hear the hear the play on the words. Time wounds all the heels as we fade out of view. So instead of time heals all wounds, yeah, time yeah, wounds. Yeah. So he's, over time, he's still in pain and it's re-wounding what's been yep. healed. Yep. Uh, and then he says, imagine I'd be your one and only. Instead, I'm the lonely one. One and only, yeah. lonely one. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the chorus is, you, me and a lie. Silence is closer. We're passing ships in the night. like god i didn't know he had it in him just that yeah. emotional resonance but you know what one of the songs that made it into honorable mentions for me is go with the flow and, yeah. and for one of the reasons because it's such a rad song yeah. but also there's this lyric that for me sticks with me every time i hear it i want something good to die for to make it beautiful to live and like oh, oh come on man Every time. Oh. It kills me. What album was that from? That was also from Songs um, for the Deaf. Songs for the Deaf, yeah. It's also yeah. from Songs for the Deaf. He's got it in him. That yeah. that lyrical. Oh, for sure. And th- there's lots of it in there, but that sounds like that song is chock full of it. Yeah. I think uh, on in terms of song four, maybe we'll keep stay with yours as well. Though I love Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. Mm, you know, it'd be good to have something from that album and none of my songs had something from that album. Yeah, because I've got nothing from Villains, which was their 2017 album. And I've, I, I had a I contender from the... It. Yeah, it's, it's a good album. It's a good album. I know album, it's a good album. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's... I think um, all the things that... I think maybe I just have to reframe myself because I know it's good and I've heard it quite a number of times but it just never has never grabbed me like any of the others and i think i just got to reframe myself before i listen to it each time maybe yeah okay um so we under sort of the fifth the fifth song now so i i mean i had so no one knows feel good hit of the summer i had uh but then we had monsters in the parasol we talked about make it with you which was sort of three and then maybe i sat i sat by the ocean i had many that to, to make up some of these and to be honest i'm still unsure of what the fifth track should be i'll I'll throw you mine then yeah go for medication from lullabies to paralyze okay it's a tight tricky timing one it's really good like the song's totally in four four but it's got all these bits that make it feel like it's slipping in and out of the timing all the time yeah one minute you think you're especially between the verses and choruses and the other bits and pieces it, it just feels like you're one minute they're ahead and then one minute they're behind. But actually, they're, if you tap along to it, they're totally just in time. But the way that they strum their guitars and do the, the combine their instruments and everything like that, it just always feels like, it, oh, oh, no, we're back in again. But no, actually, they were in the whole time. 
it's just a really beautiful, wonderful song. The melody is super simple. There's hardly any notes in it, but it's catchy as hell. I love it. it. I think this could be a contender. See, my one was on the debut album. Um, Ooh, yeah. And it's called you, you Can't Quit Me Baby. Mm. It's deep in the album. of trying to introduce someone to Queens of the Stone Age, I don't think it works. But the point I was mm. trying to make was that it the whole song is a six-minute jam. It's this sludge, fuzzed-out bass riff, and yeah. the, they're just jamming. And it yeah. and it it I just really wanted to make the point that it sounded like guys in a room picking up instruments and just going, "What do you got?" And then they just yep. play. And there's this, it's an exciting groove. There's full of anticipation and, and subtle shifts, but it's really centered around this one feel, this one, this one riff. Um, yeah. you know, and of course, what sets Queens of the Stone Age apart from all other comers is is that Josh Homme restrained, yeah, easy delivery. Um, yeah. Well, there was two others from Lullabies to Paralyze that I was quite interested in yep. um one that of almost making it into my fifth contender is little sister yeah okay it was right up there yep It's so great. And um, you got to respect any song that has that much cowbell in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Also, but also, you know, right after the guitar, right after the chorus, there's that beautiful little sliding guitar riff. Yeah. It just, just catches you in there. If it wasn't for that little guitar riff, it just wouldn't feel like a complete song. It would just feel like a nothing song. It just bring like not really, not nothing, but it just yeah. it just lifts it so much. It just it just adds that little bit of extra groovy bop something that just brings it just up a notch, you know? Yep. Yep. Always interesting. It's a breezy song. It's a little lighter. It's a mm. great song. It's a really great song. It's accessible. You're right. The cowboy well, and the riff at the start is so good. It's hooky. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then there's another one called Everybody Knows You're Insane. And that song, it starts really slow. And you're like, oh, okay. Okay. We've got a cruisy kind of a song. At the chorus, bloody hell, it just ramps up and then it just never comes down. It just stays up for the rest yep. of the song. It's great. That's a great track, and, and the the only other one that I had was a song called Six Six Six, not Six 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 from from Era Vulgaris, which is just a punch in the face. So which just, would you go with? Would you go with that debut or the... No, no. The debut is interesting, but the key stuff in terms of introducing someone to the band is not the debut album. It's got to be the stuff from Rated R. It's got to be the yeah. stuff for songs from the deaf, songs for the deaf. 
And then and then the associated stuff that we've talked about, like clockwork, yeah. Era Volgara stuff. Yeah. Lullabies Paralyze is is interesting. Um the big songs are those ones from Rated R, I think, that we've talked about. Mm. Uh Feel Good Hit of the Summer, mm. um, Monsters in the Parasol, mm. or The Lost, Lost Art of, of Keeping a Secret. secret. Yeah. It's and, and I, I would yeah. say we include two of those three along with Make It With You, I Sat yep. by the Ocean, and yep. No One Knows. Sounds good. That's a pretty good that's a pretty tight five. The tight five, and if you pick any of those three from Rated R, you will fall in love and appreciate the genius yeah. of Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I would also definitely go with go with the flow as being right up there as well if you had to oh, choose. Oh yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but we'll, no, I, think, right. I think we'll stick with that five. We'll stick with that five. I think it's good. It shows the breadth. It shows the breadth of what they do. Yeah, that was fun. Shall I hit you with a fact of the week? Please. When Queens of the Stone Age were recording Rated R in the recording studio next door, was Rob Halford, the lead singer of 80s metal band Judas Priest. <laughs> and he actually has a feature where he stopped in and did a backing vocal on Feel Good Hit of the Summer. It features no. the vocals. In the background of Judas Priest lead singer Rob Halford, fact of the week. What? Yeah. What? Yep. I. Man, I had no idea. I did not know that. It feels like something I should know. Just ties in to the revolving cast of characters that just yeah, go in true. and out of the wonderful world of Queens of the Stone Age. I hope you're absolutely right. That you all enjoyed that little taste. That way to enter in and appreciate Queens of the Stone Age, one of the greatest purveyors of, of hard rock in the last two and a half decades. Absolutely. Uh, re- remember to hit us up on all the socials. Tell us what you thought about today's episode. Tell us your opinion. Tell us your songs that we missed that should be included. You can hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can send us an electronic mail at supersonicchat at gmail.com. And also, if you like what you hear and you got a little bit of time up your sleeve, give us a little bit of a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much for all those people who've already done so. It looks shining and beautiful up there. But it helps to get our visibility up for anyone who might not have heard our sonic thought experiments. And if you've got a little bit of time and but you don't have enough time to give us a rating, just tell a friend. Just casually say, hey, have you heard these guys? They're pretty good. Awesome. Thank you, Leon, and thank you, listeners. That was another wonderful episode of Supersonic Chat. We look forward to your company on the next episode. 